What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, ad-free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities cbp agents and officers are keeping people safe join u.s customs and border protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself learn more at cbp.gov careers judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. It's time to flash back to Wade and Jason reviewing Raw. Ten years ago this week, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joined me on the post-show flagship the day after Raw. And we talked a lot about Raw, including the big reveal of CM Punk and Nexus. Also, uh, Teddy Biasi Jr.'s downward trajectory. Our reaction to the surprising loss to Santino. 
Also upsides as we closed out 2010 and looked at 2011 for a handful of WWE wrestlers who were, uh, you know, had good years or, or seemed to be on the cusp of something special like Wade Barrett, Jack Swagger, Sheamus, Miz, Dolph Ziggler. Also a variety of other raw topics. We also talked about non-raw topics with callers and emailers, including what was going on with Paul Heyman at the time, the prospects of a permanent third hour of Raw. We were not in favor of it, spoiler alert. Some uh, TNA talk, including which wrestlers on the roster seem most deserving of a big push in 2011, and the ups and downs, the pros and cons, I guess, of uh, Robert Roode and James Storm as singles wrestlers, and more. So uh, this aired originally live on December 28th, 2010. Jason Paul from ProWrestling.net joining me for this one. We ran another 10 years ago flashback on the Blue Logo Show, the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast feed, last Monday. So if you missed that, that's the December 21st episode. Might want to go grab that first if you didn't listen to it yet and follow up with this one. Normally we run five years ago flashbacks on the weekend here on the post show, but we're bringing you a 10 years ago flashback today instead. Also, by the way, speaking of uh, year in reviews, my 2020 year in review is going up with Sam Roberts on the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and so not Sam Wrestling Podcast. So check that out. I just uh, spent a couple hours with him earlier today reviewing AEW, NXT, and WWE with an emphasis on WWE, although a pretty long discussion on AEW and NXT too to kick things off. So look for that later this week over on the Sam Roberts Podcast. All right, here we go uh, with the uh, December 28th, 2010 Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. It is Tuesday, December 28th, 2010, and I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch Newsletter and PWTorch.com, joined today by Jason Powell, as usual, on Tuesdays of ProWrestling.net. Jason, how's it going? Going well. Final show of uh, 2010, at least for me. Yes, it is. And uh, final Viking game of 2010 tonight. That's it. That's all I have to say about the Vikings. Yeah, I'm with you. I really don't have much to add to that. Is, is far playing or not? I'm so out of the loop. You know, I, normally I would look. I didn't even bother to check. I assume, <laughs> I assume no, but yeah. I don't even know why I would assume anything with Favre. Yeah. Uh, no, Peterson is playing, though. Well, that's good. And Michael Vick is playing, and that's all that matters, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, well, we got our we got our dose of Vikings talk in. Um, we're all last night. Uh, you know, pretty big revelation, CM Punk. Apparently the new leader of Nexus. Um, I just put up on my blog at wadekeller.com that I thought it was a little disappointing that more wasn't addressed regarding Wade Barrett, kind of throughout the show. I think somebody who's been such a major character, such a major part of Nexus and the John Cena feud, I, I guess we're supposed to just assume he's recovering from you know, dozens of chairs being dropped on him. But I, I think the announcers, when David Otunga walked out there and started speaking on behalf of the Nexus, could have done a little bit more to just go, I wonder where Wade Barrett is. What, is he going to come back? What's his situation? And I think that's a, an interesting storyline regarding the news of CM Punk. So not that it's the major headline of the show, but are you with me on that, or do you think they did enough to kind of cover their Wade Barrett basis? Yeah, I mean, I guess they, could have, they certainly could have asked that at the end of the show, or does this leave Wade Barrett and get people thinking a little bit more? I mean, I, I, yeah. I certainly came up with that on my own, but yeah. you, you would think they would try to you know, drive that point home with viewers at least once as, as the show's you know, wrapping up. And, and where do you think Wade Barrett stands on this? My guess is is he's SmackDown bound. Uh, you know they they need something over there. Uh, this current house show tour. I think a lot of people assume CM Punk was working the SmackDown show on Sunday in Chicago because it was a Chicago show. 
But I also see that he's advertised for the SmackDown show. Uh, I think it's tomorrow night as well. Uh, just a you know live event. It tells me that they they know they're a little bit weak on the SmackDown side of things. And Wade Barrett's still working the Raw shows. So I, I just wonder if uh, you know the, the long term plan is get Wade Barrett over on the Friday night brand, give him a fresh start. I, I hope they don't. SmackDown version of Nexus as well. Where I mean, there, there's enough guys out there that they could, if they wanted to, you know, yeah. go with the uh, guys that have been in the group in the past. Whether it's Darren Young or Skip Sheffield and uh, Michael Tarver's out with an injury, there's enough talent there that they could do it. But I don't want to see it become even more watered down than it has. Well, they could do a Latino version. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, so uh, on to CM Punk though. What do, what do you think about him being the leader of Nexus? Does this make sense? Is it a little too derivative from what he was doing over on SmackDown. Um, does this breathe new life into things, and, and where do you think they're headed with it? Wait, I think they they needed something. You know, when they made the decision to continue moving forward with Nexus, you know, the way they wrapped up the storyline was seen, or at least we assumed they had. Nexus had never looked weaker, and so they really needed a shot in the arm. And I think what we saw with Punk and his uh, mic work during the Straight Edge Society, I, he can lead a faction. I have no doubt about that. Oh yeah, and I think he's going to give them a nice boost. But WWE can't continue to you know do what they. Uh, what they've done with with Nexus and the other guys in that group, because that's all it is. It's the other guys in the group, and yep. so you know that, that that's kind of the key thing I'm watching for. I think Punk's going to do fine. I think it's uh, you know if, if I had to make the call to whether to go forward with the group or not, I probably would have. You know, and I, especially since oh, they yeah. probably have a warehouse filled with T-shirts of Nexus and everything else that they they want to unload. So I don't have a problem with that. But at the same time, boy, when they came out last night for that, uh, you know, for for the the big angle at the end of the show, it was like you could hear crickets. People didn't care. And then when the beatdown started, I think the people watching had the same reaction as the announcers in that it felt like you were watching a rerun. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and you know, and, and Punk will obviously breathe some new life into this thing, but the, he and WWE creative really have their work cut out for him. Yeah, I think when Nexus walked out, it did feel like a rerun, and fans were like, really? We're out of storyline ideas? I, I think CM Punk being the new leader, you know, breathe some new life into into Nexus and certainly positions Punk in a primary position. What do you think the pacing is of CM Punk's role in in the feud now with John Cena? I mean, can they is it is this something that carries over to WrestleMania, or do you think uh, that that it gets blown off before then and Cena ends up doing something different at Mania? You know, they easily could. With the Royal Rumble coming up, they can do something with the two of them in the actual Rumble match if they want to. Elimination Chamber gives them that same option. You don't have to go with Cena versus Punk right away. You can save it for Mania. Heck, you could even, if you really wanted to stretch it out, you could save it for after Mania. Now, that might be pushing it. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but I really think, you know, sometime between now and that first match, they need to do something to differentiate this Nexus from the Nexus of old. Really make them stand out in a special way where this is a you know you look at this as a different unit rather than just a continuation and, and shifting gears to to the miss um I, I thought his beat down of lawler was needed i thought that it was kind of this lingering negative that that lawler almost beat miss on television for the title and lawler's not in his prime to say the least and so I think having Miz go out there and just manhandle him, I mean, really browbeat him, clearly be the superior dominant wrestler at the, in 2010, made sense. I think Miz kind of needed to get that back. And I thought Miz did a tremendous job at being 
uh, entertaining and also somebody you wanted to see somebody bigger and tougher than Lawler beat up. So I thought that was a successful segment. Yeah, it was. It didn't. You know, it certainly didn't pack the punch of that first Lawler Miz right. match. Yeah. Uh, the the beatdown I think afterward was necessary. And wait, am I crazy in thinking that okay, if they're not going to go Morrison and Miz at Royal Rumble, that you know the obvious is okay. Well, they're just going to go back to Randy Orton, which I don't want to see because I think it's a wasted Randy Orton title match. You don't need yeah. a strong title match at the Royal Rumble. Is it possible to go with Jerry Lawler? Hmm. I mean, it's possible. I, I would have thought more possible before the beatdown, unless yeah. they do a storyline where Lawler says, hey, I didn't have my ring gear, I, wasn't, you know, I had short notice, I took Miz you know, more lightly than I should have, or something to that effect, and he trains. And he legitimately you know, tries to find a way to get himself in better shape in four weeks. Um, otherwise, I don't think fans would take it seriously. But you, know, you, don't need, you don't need anything more than that for the Royal Rumble, uh, because the Rumble itself is going to sell itself. So... Yeah, I, Randy Orton still just doesn't – I don't think he's, he's selling that many tickets. I mean, he's, he's part of the star power of WWE. When people see him at arenas, they pop for him. He is a star. But I don't think people are, are just like, oh, Orton's my favorite wrestler, and I'm totally involved in his storyline, and I totally am invested in his character. I just think he's a star, and they see him that way. So, uh, yeah, I don't, it'll be interesting. I, I like having this many questions heading into WrestleMania. I, I, liked, I, I like that we don't really have a clear, clear-cut – place to go now it's a little bit scary because sometimes when you have a clear-cut direction for the rumble and mania that's because there's some really big marketable matches that are just the obvious things to do wwe does not have that at this point but miz is strong he's a nice emerging star with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch daily cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat Ernie Ladd? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small, so if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What do you make of Ted DiBiase losing to Santino and then trying to get his heat back afterwards and Santino just easily dispatching him, uh, knocking him, knocking him uh, out of the ring, and, and the announcers don't make a big deal out of it? I mean, I'm half expecting uh, DiBiase to get the Caval treatment this week and be released on Friday the way he's being treated. Yeah, boy, DiBiase could get it. Tyson Kidd could get it. Jackson yeah. Andrews could get it. Um, wow. I, I don't know what the problem is. I, I would love to think that... It's a 2010 thing. They're, they're going to send them out a week in 2010, and then suddenly 2011 is going to be when they give them the push and put it all behind them. But I just see nothing right now to make me think they're heading in that direction. I, I don't know if he's in the doghouse. I don't know what's going on with Ted DiBiase, but what a downfall. It's not like he was ever positioned in a major storyline in a major way outside of you know Legacy, where he was uh, one of the other guys in Legacy. But still, I mean, boy, when he came on the scene, there, there were quotes from John Cena about how this guy is going to be a breakout star and he's so smooth in the ring. And yep. Now he's just, he means nothing. I mean, he, he, he lost to Santino. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. And the announcers didn't even make it seem like that was a big deal. No, he lost clean to Santino Morella. I, I mean, imagine, to, imagine tonight as the Vikings with some third-string quarterback beat the Eagles, you know, 46 to nothing. The announcers would be talking about, this is a huge deal. Why didn't the Eagles show up? They were favored for the game. They're at, this is crazy. They're at home. You're not getting that when DiBiase loses, and DiBiase is clearly considered a superior wrestler overall to Santino, who's clearly a, a lower mid-card comedy act. So that, that jumped out at me. I, I, it's curious, I'm curious to find out what the reason is, and I agree. You brought up Tyson Kidd. Why bother giving Tyson Kidd TV time if you're not going to establish he's tough so that when Mark Henry beats him, Henry gains something from it? Uh, again, I wrote this on my on my blog at wadeteller.com that that it, that having Tyson having Henry beat Tyson means nothing because one the announcers make a big deal out of it and two Tyson's the one who's undefined not Mark Henry we know Mark Henry's a mid carder for life kind of an enforcer kind of gate, a gatekeeper he's not going to work any main events but he's probably not going to get jobbed out either well he has at times but um, here and there but so so the guy who's up to be defined when those two face each other is Kid. So if Kid holds his own and scores near falls and is competitive and cheats to win, well, now that elevated Kid a little bit. But by losing to Mark Henry, it definitively says Kid is less than Mark Henry. And when you're less than Mark Henry, you're not worth much TV time. Yeah, and you know, I'm watching that match, and when the pinfall occurred, I'm like, okay, this must be where Jackson Andrews comes in and yeah. just destroys yep. Mark Henry. And yep. then... Mark Henry hits him with the world's strongest slam. Uh, the only thing that gives me any cause for optimism regarding that act is that backstage segment they had with Daniel Bryan, where they, you know they tease some kind of feud between them. 
So I, don't, I, don't, right. I have no idea where they could possibly be going by having Jackson. I mean, it's one thing for Kidd to lose. He didn't pack up what he said, but he's always got that muscle behind him, and that muscle can help him win matches in the future. But when you make the muscle guy look that weak this early in the run, that, that yeah. makes me think that WWE has already lost faith in that, in that act. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that, it was, it was, I don't know that Tyson Kidd facing Daniel Bryan now is a real compliment to Daniel Bryan. I guess that's all I'll say. Well, I mean, boy, in my opinion, they've dropped the ball with Daniel Bryan lately. They've yeah. gone from this is a guy who stands out because he's kind of the, you know, he's a technical wrestler. He's silent. He doesn't need all the glitzy sports entertainment stuff to now he's uh, the Will Ferrell character from the other guys where it's all, it's all about, oh, this nerdy guy is, you know, all these women are falling all over him. It isn't that yeah. funny. He's had that yeah. sports entertainment stamped all over him, and, and I think it's a, you know, I, I don't mind it. There, there are definitely times where it enhances some acts, but I think it's really detracted from his. Uh, shifting gears to TNA briefly, uh, any, any reaction to the lack of renewal for reaction? It had two 10-week runs. Uh, impact. I'm sorry, uh, Spike TV decided not to renew it for another 10-week run. Uh, are you surprised by that, and what does it mean? A little bit. Uh, you know, I, uh, just because the show was doing better ratings than you would expect anything else in that time slot to do for Spike, but you know, I don't know what Spike was paying for it. And yeah. you know, if they were paying a ridiculous amount of money, or just even more money, you know, even if it was a dollar more than they thought they should be paying for it, yeah. um, then you know, I, then I understand it. I personally liked the show. I, I, I thought it was. I mean, it wasn't the most revolutionary thing ever, but it was something different. And I thought it was a nice chance for the talent to you know put things in their own words rather than just reading scripts. And so, uh-huh. um, you know, I'll miss the show for that reason. And I, I guess, wait, do you think this changes anything with Bischoff's relationship with TNA? Because you know he's a producer, he's a television producer, and yeah. obviously that was his baby. And if you know you take that off the table now, and I, I just kind of wonder where that leaves things. No, I do. I don't think it's a, it's a strong, you know, at first glance, knowing what we know, it doesn't seem to be an endorsement of Bischoff's, the strength of Bischoff's relationship with Impact and Spike TV. That said, they're hitting around uh, Dixie Carter and Spike TV spokesman uh, David Schwartz are talking about more in store for Impact in 2011. Something new is, is happening. Um, I also blogged on this earlier today at WadeKeller.com saying that uh, I think that, that it'll be interesting if this is just excuse making. Because as I pointed out, uh, Impact in the past, or TNA in the past, when Impact moved from Monday to Friday, Thursday, and it was a clear retreat. It was a tail between the legs, utter, embarrassing, humiliating failure on Monday nights. Um, they positioned it as, oh, we're, we've got we to go back to Thursdays because we did a, a survey and we pulled our fans, and they think Impact and Thursdays are, are, are synonymous, and we're going to own that night. And by the way, we're adding this new show, Reaction. So they spun it positively. I get that's the game. So is this a little game, not that reaction not being renewed is that big a news? Are they playing a game where nothing really big is going to happen? Or, you know, like, oh, Impact's going to have a 10-minute overrun every week, and that's all they're going to say. Or do you think something bigger is in store for Impact based on the wording that's used and what you're hearing? You know, I, it's so hard for me to take anything seriously that Dixie says right now because of that big, you know, change that she promised. It wasn't a surprise. Yeah. It was a change. And, yeah. you know, she, it's, she hasn't even bothered to come out and say, you know, hey, we had something in the works that didn't pan out. My yeah. bad. Nothing. There's just been no acknowledgement of it whatsoever. And then she was pretty disingenuous, I thought, in the quote that she gave Brian Fritz of FanHouse.com when she said that Impact was, or Reaction was never slated to air longer than you know, the end of 2010. 
technically that's true because it had two 10 episode runs and you know the the final the second one concludes this week but I know for a fact from talking with people in TNA, there were people in that company that hoped that show was going to be renewed. And so she's kind of trying to spin it like, oh, this was expected. It's no big deal. Right. What we had planned. And, yep. you know, I mean, I know there's obviously lip service and, and you know, you got to put your own spin on things. So, and then, you know, when she says big things for impact with a bunch of, or, you know, whatever the quote was, <laughs> with a bunch of exclamation points, it's like, I want to believe you, but I've just been burned too many times before, and I just pray, Wade, that it's not a third hour, even on a semi-regular basis. I, you know, it, it, no, please, just God, anything but that. Totally agree. A uh, third hour would be just, just terrible. Uh, what, what are the options other than that? Specials, like fight night type specials on Spike, live primetime specials? I'd be for that, you know, especially if they cut back on the pe- quantity of pay-per-views. And every, you know, every three months there's a three-hour live pay-per-view type show, Perhaps Sundays, perhaps I don't think they want to go head to head with WWE because one, it, it they're not ready to go to war with WWE, so why do that? WWE can punch back pretty hard. And number two, if they do that, pay per view companies aren't going to be happy, and TNA needs the pay per view companies to be happy. So I don't think we're going to see Clash of the Champions type specials head to head with like say WrestleMania, but maybe some Saturday Night Live events or Fight Night Wednesday type things. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what they could be talking about if there really is something here. That would be great if they, you know, if they did do some live specials. At that point, if you want to go three hours, great. I, I can, I can put, live with that. I just don't want to see a weekly television show go to three hours. No, 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 I don't either. I'd be um, very against that. So that, that would be great. I think, I don't know that they contractually can scale back on the number of pay-per-views they do, but maybe there have been some negotiations we haven't heard about where that's a possibility. Um, you know, I, I don't know what else it could be other than, hey, we're moving to Wednesday nights and, and screwing up Jason's softball night. I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe they think if they go three hours with impact, they can keep the viewers because it's the name reaction that's causing people to tune out rather than the fact that people don't want to watch three hours of wrestling. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be in fear of that. Somebody in the chat room pointed out that Spike.com had reaction, or SpikeTV.com had reaction listed for January 6th as of a week ago. Um, so, you know, the show was on the schedule and got pulled. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean cancellation is the correct term, but there was some inertia that led to them putting it on the schedule and then pulling it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. 
Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, uh, Jason, final thing before we go to phone calls. There's just so much to talk about, yeah. but the, uh, the Jeff Hardy situation. Um, your quick thoughts uh, on that. We don't know if he's pleading guilty and it's going to lead to just probation or if pleading guilty is going to lead to some jail time or prison time. Um, I, I don't think we have enough information to draw a strong conclusion on that. But even if he pleads guilty and it's probation, can they keep him as their world champion? Uh, will anybody care? And, and is that a black mark on the company? I think within the wrestling industry, you know, online fans and whatnot that have followed this story, they're going to roll their eyes. But they do a lot of eye rolling at what TNA does anyway. If, if I'm making the call, I take the title belt off him. But then again, I wouldn't have had it on him with this situation taking place. Uh, from TNA standpoint, I, I don't know. I mean, they might look at this. It depends. I think a lot of it hinges on what Spike has to say. And, and if Spike doesn't like this publicity they're getting, because they are mentioned in the AP version of the story that uh, got out there about Jeff uh, opting to plead guilty to these charges, uh, you know, if they step in and say, we don't want this. You know, this is, yeah. you, you can't have your, your, your number one guy, your, your TNA champion, um, with all this going on. You can't have him in this role. Well, that, that changes everything. But from TNA standpoint, I, I kind of wonder where. Do you think they'll look at it like, not necessarily that this is good publicity, but it's <laughs> some publicity, and the drug charges play into kind of the, the decadence of the Jeff Hardy character? Well, you wonder if the heel turn for Jeff Hardy in general wasn't to prepare for this day. You yeah, know, I that, doubt it. Yeah, if, they, if they're thinking along those terms. Well, Jason, I have a lot more questions for you. We could talk forever. We'll save them for the VIP after show or any slow parts in the show as far as callers go, but that tends to not happen around here, especially earlier in the week. So let's go to the phone lines instead and uh, begin our phone call. Oh, if you want to get in line, by the way, in the phone mix, we've got six people on hold. You can be number seven. The number is 646-721-9828. That's 646-721-9828. Also, uh, if you're curious about the whole Brock Lesnar situation and all the rumors that were started, and Jason, maybe we'll talk about that in the after show, uh, check out Jamie Pennick's story at MMATorch.com today or on our MMA Torch app, available in iTunes and, uh, or in the uh, Apple App Store and uh, the Droid Marketplace. Uh, Jamie Pennick has a transcription of the comments that led to everything that got misconstrued with also his analysis on things, and he, he's plugged in and has good, uh, good insight into the situation. So uh, Lesnar News, if you weren't aware of it, we ran a story on pwtorch.com about him, and it's all on MMA Torch now. All right, let's go to uh, area code 424. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. Hi, this is Brian Cedric. Hey, Brian, where are you from? Uh, I'm from California. 
All right, thanks Thanks uh, well, for your call. What's on your mind? Oh, you know what? I think that, you know what, the WWE, I think the PG is kind of killing things, not necessarily the blood of not being in PG, but it's hard for heels to get over in a PG way, in a PG manner. In the sense that where CM Punk last night, he said, this is going to be a night that Cena never forgets. And he didn't do nothing. He came out after Nexus did whatever they did, what Nexus normally do, and it wasn't strong enough to get heat. I remember the NWO would come out, you know, they might beat you with a bat, they might throw you into this or throw you into that, and it, it got, you know, people like the NWO, but it was like he, it's things that heels do, and I think in the PG era it's hard for heels to get over because it's hard to do things in a hillish manner and still try to be PG, and I think that's why Randy Orton is having a hard time Getting over because yeah. he he you know he can't do nothing you know the punt you know when Brian Dang Brian Danielson did something like choke uh, I think the announcer yeah. everybody took it in a manner that it shouldn't have been taken into and I understand you know it's serious you know kids are watching but how can a person get heat if everything is criticized that they do if they try well yeah uh, Brian, Brian thing, let, let's address that for a minute because there's a lot of good points you made there and I, I, they're worth addressing we'll go back to you in a second. Um, uh, the Daniel Bryan thing was uh, a case of, of uh, pressure to follow certain rules, and Daniel Bryan didn't follow those rules, and they needed to set an example, and he was a sacrificial example in that case, but they also liked him enough to bring him back. But I, I think if you have rules, you got, your wrestlers have to follow them. You can't have chaos. And, and that specific thing that he did, um, the, the spitting and the choking just went too far. However, I, I think Randy Orton it was born into the wrong era. I mean, I think Randy Orton could be making mo- more money for WWE if it was the late 90s. That said, a lot of heels have gotten over over the decades doing exactly what CM Punk did and exactly what Miz did to Lawler. There's a lot of ways to tell stories without making somebody bleed or without uh, you know, hitting them repeatedly in the head with a chair. And so I think part of the issue isn't so much PG, but it's the fact that there have been way too many over the last 10, 15 years, way too many unsold chair shots and beatdowns. Look at TLC. How many wrestlers walked out bandaged up and, and limping and unable to perform? Nobody. And, and so I think what it comes down to isn't PG. It's the fact that they have to do so much now because the audience has been desensitized in order to get anybody to pay attention. And I think it's just we have to be on the wrestling industry to succeed needs to put, be, get on a course to, to, to reducing the number of big, major, violent angle beatdowns so that when something does happen, they have time to sell it. And then I think this stuff will mean more. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, well, Jason, what do you think? I mean, do you think Punk's beatdown and, and promise wasn't enough to kind of live up to being real heelish? Well, I think if that same angle took place before we'd seen 100 Nexus beatdowns, it would have packed a punch. Mm-hmm. So I agree with what you're saying, Wade, that they need to do a better job of selling. I agree with the caller in that it's certainly easier in a non-PG environment for heels. You can swear, you you know, the baby face can bleed, and that makes it easier on them. But it's certainly not impossible to get over as a heel in this environment. And I also blame WWE for making their heel so weak. And, you know, I've talked about this before. When, you know, how many times do you see a heel win a match clean in WWE, you know, a main event match over Randy Orton or John Cena or any of the other main eventers? So people just don't take them as seriously. And if more of that happened, I, I think they 
would. Now, blood would have enhanced last night for sure. But yeah. you know, as we've seen in TNA, when companies are allowed to use blood, who's to say they don't go overboard with it and render it yeah. useless? I mean, I don't even think twice now when I see blood in TNA because Ric Flair just killed the gimmick within two months of them you know, really yep. going crazy with blood. Yeah, he sneezes and he bleeds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Brian, quick, quick final comments from you. We're up to actually 12 people on hold, and I really want to get through calls. So uh, give us a, your quick follow-up on that, and we'll move on. Uh, okay, I have one last little point. Yeah, Morrison, I think he needs a, a move that's going to, that when you see, you know, like the stunner or the switching, a move that's going to really catch people's eye, a finishing move, because I think people overlook, I think he's missing that finisher move, that, that off the top rope, he really hits it on point. It's almost like Jeff Hardy swam bomb, so I just want to know what you think about like that. And you said that regarding Morrison? Yeah, yeah. his move is yep. not a, yep. a chance. You don't... Gotcha. You don't, yeah, no, no, I got you, Brian. I'm sorry to cut you off, but, um, I, but I, I just needed to know who you were talking about. I heard everything else. Uh, Jason, do you agree with that? Morrison needs something a little stronger? Well, I mean, he has Starship Pain. Um, it would be nice if he had more uh, a move out of nowhere that he could hit, I, I guess. I mean, he's got several different finishers now. Um, yeah. Chuck Kick, the knee to the head, the Starship Pain. One yeah. definitive one would be nice that he could hit out of nowhere. Um, just to back up, one thing I wanted to sneak in, one of my favorite NWO beatdowns was not, you know, was was totally PG. It was when Kevin Nash picked up Rey Mysterio and used him as a human dartboard, you know, yeah. a human dart and threw him into the side of the trailer. You know, so, I mean, just another example that you don't always have to be rated R, so to speak, to, to uh, go as a heel. It's all about selling. I mean, they, they just, it, they're just, they need time to sell and they need to make a big deal out of when If you're going to do something, make a big deal out of it. Otherwise, don't do it because it renders it impossible to, to have people take it seriously in the future. Hey, All right, uh, we're seeing that way real quick. We're seeing that right now with the reaction to Punk leading Nexus. It's like people like Punk, yeah. uh, but you know when Cena just disposed of Nexus so easily before, it's like, well, why should we take it seriously now? Just because Punk's replacing Barrick. We're about to go to another commercial break. Why are you listening to commercial breaks? Why deal with these interruptions when you can become a VIP member, support the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows? the PW Torch Daily Casts, and the entire team and everything that we do, and get a ton in return for your membership by becoming a VIP member. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com for full details, 30-plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, a fascinating march through our coverage of wrestling history, and so much more, including... Ad-free versions of the Wade Keller podcast, Wade Keller post shows, and PW Torch daily casts, and several exclusive VIP podcasts just about every day. Dozens of VIP exclusive podcasts that you're not hearing because you're not a VIP member. So go VIP, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Subscribe to our VIP podcast feed and listen in a streamlined way with no interruptions to all of our podcasts. Again, that's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He is I, and I am him, and I'm Matt Taven, the real Ring of Honor world champion. And you know how I show everyone that I get it? By tuning in to the podcast of honor with Tyler and my personal main man, Ryan. This is Ryan. And I'm Tyler. And we are the hosts of the wildly popular PW Torch VIP show, Podcast of Honor. Our show covers everything Ring of Honor wrestling, from analysis, show recaps, and wide-ranging interviews with the stars of Ring of Honor. Download the Podcast of Honor each week and support the best podcast on the PW Torch VIP network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. All right, up next, uh, Eric code 914. You're on the live cast. Please state your name and where you're from. How's it going? It's Johnny from New York. Hey, Johnny. How you doing? Good, good. Uh, two-part question. Uh, do you think that, uh, that uh, CM Punk could probably add in more members to Nexus? Like, for example, I saw some, uh, you know, Riley, Alex Riley and the Miz weren't really getting along. you think that could lead to uh, him joining Nexus? And also, CM Punk has a little history with Darren Young with the, back in the NXT days. you think that those two people can come into effect in this angle? Uh, and then what's your second question, Johnny? The second question, I don't know if you guys saw the top 25 matches. WWE.com just had the top 25 matches of 2010, and they're, they're having the fans vote for the tiebreaker between Michaels and Taker and Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler. And I don't know if those two, what's your guys' opinions on those two matches even uh, comparing? Uh, Jason, uh, go ahead and uh, tackle those. Um, will Punk expand Nexus and Daniel Bryan Ziggler or Michaels Undertaker? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with the easy one, and it's Michael's taker, hands down, for me. Yeah. Um, in every way. One, yeah, yeah, I, you know, and not to take anything away from that other match, but it's just yeah. that I, I'm struggling to even think about where it took place and all that. I mean, it, yeah, magnitude is part of match of the year. Magnitude, it really is. You know, historical significance, yeah. As far as the other part, yeah, you know, I think that Nexus could use that now. If they're not going to make a real effort, or if they don't have faith in the guys that they have in that group, then why not start to bring in some other, you know, quote-unquote WWE defectees or something like that and put them in the group? I don't know if Riley's the right choice. I, I think if you're going to do that, I think you need to add some established acts at this point to, to get people to take it a little more seriously. Um, one idea, what about Luke Gallows? You know, they, they, they got rid of him. He's just kind of hanging around out there. Not that he's, you know, fits that mold, but I, I don't think adding a little more muscle to that act could, could hurt. All right, let's go uh, to our next call. We just have tons and tons of people on hold today. Uh, let's go to area code 478. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. It would be Chris from Georgia. Hey, Chris. Good to hear from you. What's on your mind today? Uh, wait, one time you mentioned, like, the Ironman match between Brett and Sean. It said, like, you know, um, 
you said it highlight their weaknesses. Actually, I never got a chance to hear what their weaknesses were at that time. Although, like, you know, did they overcome them after a while? And, like, you know, um, I noticed in Sean's work earlier, I enjoy his matches after, like, back injury more because he seemed more fast in the, like, 96 through 98 days, like, too fast. But, like, you know, it seemed like he kind of slowed himself down and thought about it more and, like, you know, like when he got back from the injury. Uh, so I'm just getting your thoughts on that. So you're talking about Shawn Michaels and whether he was a better worker when he came back than before his hiatus. Is that right? It's, it's a two-fold question. Like, what would Brett and Shawn's weaknesses back then? Oh, okay. And then what? And then what? Actually, did you enjoy Shawn pre that? Yeah. Well, uh, no, ab- absolutely. First of all, I think when Shawn came back to WWE, the WWE style had advanced. I mean, I, I just think that the what what. The, the the Monday Night War era brought a level of athleticism and intensity and, and picked up the pace of everything. I mean, when you look back at the Bret against Michaels 60-minute match at WrestleMania compared to what Steve Austin and Bret Hart did uh, shortly thereafter or, or what Mick Foley was doing or what Shawn Michaels ended up doing. I mean, it was just it was a superior wrestling style a few years later. I don't think Bret and Michaels' matches hold up tremendous, would hold up tremendously well if dropped in the middle of 2000 or 2005 or 2010. I think Michaels became a smarter worker, and I think he was more driven because he saw how big wrestling had gotten, and he was thankful to be back in the mix. I think he matured, and I think drug issue-wise, you know, you talk about that that mid-'90s era, there was a lot of distractions going on with Michaels behind the scenes, and he was getting by on just sheer natural ability, where I think when he came back from the back injury, he had to learn to work uh, smarter matches, and I think he had a little wider range of opponents to work with also. Uh, Jason, what do you think? Uh, just real quick, I think Sean, like you said, became a smarter worker, and we didn't really see him as a heel when he when he returned either. So, he, you know, before it was he was just a bump machine in so many ways, and and not to take anything away from what he did back then, but um, I really did enjoy veteran Sean, you know, and, yeah. and what he brought to the table and the emotion that he was able to bring out of the crowd as a babyface. I thought was great. I mean, I, I, there's a lot that I like about Sean and Brett at the time. Don't get me wrong. When they, when they were feuding or when they were feuding on air or off air, um, I mean, Brett had some really good matches, too, obviously. And, and, but it was a different style. You know, Brett was a little bit more, a little bit more of a throwback pacing-wise. Uh, he wasn't a super high flyer. I think Michaels sometimes took bumps that were too exaggerated back in the day, and he cut back on that when he came back around also. Uh, so, you know, I, I just think they evolved as workers and, and kept up with and then ended up taking the lead in the industry uh, regarding, uh, you know, regarding their styles. Anyway, uh, Chris, thanks for the call. Uh, let's go on to our next call and go to area code 802. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. Uh, Richard from Vermont. Hey, Richard. Uh, good afternoon. What's question. on your mind? Hey, uh, I had a question on Linda McMahon one more time. Yeah. Uh, she and Vince met with John Cornyn a couple of weeks ago to express an interest in running again for Lieberman's seat this time. Yeah. And... I'm sure that Cornyn just basically said that if nothing changes, how can you expect any real results? Here's my question. It's a hypothetical. What if they did want to get out of the wrestling business and divest majority control before that election? How would you best position that company to make a transition from McMahon majority control to something else in time for an election that's coming up in 2012? I think that's about as likely as uh, um, John Boehner deciding that he really is a liberal at heart and, and deciding to switch to Democrat uh, next year. I mean, or, or whatever. I, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, Vince McMahon is pro wrestling, and, and as much as they aspire 
uh, as a family to gain political power. I, I don't think they would give up uh, for just the gamble of maybe Linda becoming senator, getting out of their lifelong family business. So on a purely hypothetical level, because just my opinion is the, the, the chance of that is like so slim I can't even make, I can't even quantify it. Um, but I think if they were trying to position themselves, the problem is, is if they, from a political standpoint, if they said, well, if we divest ourselves and get out of this, well, their past is still their past, and they still need to answer to it. Linda can't go, oh, just give me a clean slate. I, you know, and she's not going to admit any wrongdoing for legal reasons and for ego reasons. She's not going to admit they're going to stick with the same excuses in terms of why they paced the wellness policy so slowly and dragged their feet on it and, and removed it even during a time of great profit and, and success. So some of those same issues are still going to exist. As for positioning the company, I mean, I just think you position it for strong quarterly returns. Get a turnaround in pay-per-view buy rates. Uh, make sure that you have great international expansion to, to absorb any downturns in the domestic side of things. And, uh, and set up more great sponsors and partners like Mattel who, are, who, who give you a sense of being mainstream and strong. I mean, I don't know that they would do much different if they were looking to do that. But like I said, Richard, I, I don't think they're going to. And the only thing I'll, I'll okay, add to thanks. that, is, is hypothetic, you know, I've talked to people in the industry, a couple of people now, who said, who knows, maybe Vince's endgame to all this isn't to pass it down to Stephen Hunter, it's to sell the thing, and, you know, there's NBC Universal out there, there's, you know, maybe there's some company that would buy this thing off of it, and, you know, it doesn't really play into anything anyone expects to happen anytime soon, and, and it was just, you know, people kind of speculating as to how he could get out of this thing in, in, in a surprising way, but I guess... I mean, as, as he likes to say, never say never. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm willing to say, I'm willing to say never on that, and just roll with and, and gamble on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say you know, I'll say never in time for 2012 because it wouldn't make a damn bit of difference. I mean, yep. I think if anything, it draws more attention to the fact that you know they were responsible for whatever it is their opponents want to pick them apart over. And, and Linda McMahon would have a chance to win. You know, I mean, Lieberman isn't a strong Democrat, um, and. And, and, you know, it's a relatively independent uh, electorate, I guess, but Linda did just well enough and has a ton of money and would certainly be driven. Uh, it would be embarrassing to lose twice in a row, um, but it, a lot depends on the political climate, which to a great degree is outside of her control. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Our number here at the PW Torch Livecast is 646-721-9828. We've got uh, six people in line on hold right now. If you want to be seventh, jump on board. And uh, you are listening to the Tuesday, December 28th edition of the PW Torch Livecast. I'm Wade Keller, joined today, as usual, on Tuesdays by Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. Let's go to our next call, area code 801. You're on the show. Please state your name and where you're from. Hi, uh, this is Arjun, and I'm calling from Michigan, Ann Arbor. Uh, what's your name again? I missed it. Arjun. Cool. Great. Well, and what's your question for us, Arjun? Now, I, I just uh, wanted to talk to you about uh, the heels that you guys were talking about. Um, and I thought that the greatest heels of all time were, were Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and The Undertaker. And I wanted to ask you, who do you think is the greatest heel of all time that uh, WWE can have nowadays? 
that they can have nowadays? What do you mean by that? I, as in, like, uh, you said in the PGRI, I mean, the caller earlier said in the PGRI it was not possible to have deals like oh, sure. the restrictions they have, but I disagree to that. Who, which uh, which guy like the Miz or or Morrison can can be a heel of that stature, like uh, the Triple H's, the Shawn Michaels, and the Undertakers? Uh, my my quick answer is I think Miz is on his way. I mean, I think Miz can be that guy. I think uh, Wade Barrett showed tremendous potential in that range. I think CM Punk has been a strong heel who's on the roster right now. And, and I, I, I even though he's cooled a little bit lately, I think Sheamus showed us a lot in 2010. Uh, maybe it was too much too soon, and they're pulling back a little bit. But I think there's, there's main event potential there for him to be, for this generation of fans, what Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Undertaker were in the late 90s and early 2000s. Jason, how about you? I, I guess the only one that, I still, that you didn't mention that I still have some hope for is Jack Swagger. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Yep. I, but, uh, you know, those, I think, I think are the big five, if, if, if my number count is correct. I, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I, I still have some hope for Dolph Ziggler, but, yep. uh, you know, he's still a work in progress. Yep, yep. Dolph might be a different type of heel because of that kind of high-pitched voice. Uh, I don't know exactly where he's slotted, but it doesn't seem to be, you know, like the Triple H type of heel. He's going to have to figure out where he fits in as a heel. Uh, good question. Thanks for your call. Let's go to our next caller, Erico 973. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. Yeah, it's Caller X from Parts Unknown. All right, Caller X. We don't normally do gimmick names, but we'll, uh, we'll roll with it. What's your, uh, uh, what's your question for us? Oh, first of all, uh, not that it needs to be said, but the torch is uh, completely awesome. Well, now we do so, do uh, names, and thank you. The show. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I appreciate the comment. Yes, yes. Torch is amazingly awesome. Um, <clears throat> okay. I don't think I've ever seen a G-rated, I mean, you call it PG, I don't think I've ever seen a G-rated wrestling organization, let alone the top organization at the top. And it's kind of interesting. You've got the two top organizations. The one at the top is going this PG, politically correct route. And you've got the other, TNA, saying, you know what, we're going to be all about uh, freedom of expression, exactly, you know, the opposite. And I think it's a a great juxtaposition. Um, I mean, obviously, you know what, Uh, WWE has made a decision that they're all about, you know, Triple H is on record saying they want to be family friendly, and they're all about selling merchandise and uh, being family-friendly for the kids, and that's the distinct direction they've gone into. And then you've got the other, you know, hardcore wrestling people, which is 95% of the industry, the guys, whether it's on the independent level uh, or just fans like me, who enjoy, you know, uh, a traditional uh, hardcore wrestling match. So uh, it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition, but um, that's my comment. My question is, where do you guys see this Jerry Waller uh, storyline going. I know you guys hit on it earlier, but it's just just kind of bizarre the way it's hanging right now. I mean, uh, do you ever see him holding the, the title, or where, where's this going to end? Uh, gr- two good questions, uh, two good comments. Um, first part, I think TNA, um, if, if there was a market for you know what you refer to as traditional hardcore wrestling, because to me that the late 90s weren't really traditional. That was the break from tradition, and now we're back to tradition. Um, but but I know people who grew up in the Monday Night era or or saw that as maybe the dominant style going forward and are surprised by the pulling back of things might might see it that way. Uh, but but if t- if TNA if the answer was doing a more hardcore style, uh, it, TNA would be more successful. I mean I I really think it comes down to execution. And and I think if WWE has characters that fit the so-called PG style, and I'm sorry, in making fun of Vicky Guerrero for being fat isn't politically correct. It's not PG, no matter what John Cena wants to say about how he makes fun of himself, so it's okay. 
um, when you're marketing to kids, that's not okay. That's not politically correct. It's really, I mean, I don't know that it qualifies as PG. Having TLC matches, that's not really PG. Having, you know, five, six wrestlers beat down one wrestler, uh, maybe it's PG, maybe it's not, but that's about as hardcore as I saw in the 80s, other than the fact that I'd occasionally, occasionally see blood. So I I don't know that style-wise TNA is benefiting greatly from the fact that they do that. In fact, I think because they've done a poor job making the hardcore aspects of their promotion matter by overdoing it and not learning how to sell it and just moving on to the next thing right away, I think they've kind of undercut their own advantage. But I do think if, if you put business aside, it's nice to have two promotions throughout the week that at least in that and that level are doing something different. You know, they're, they're doing something different from one another. Um, Bruce Mitchell uh, says in the chat room that Hulkamania was the top G-rated organization. Anyway, thought I'd get that in there. Um, and, then, and then as far as Jerry Lawler goes, I, I hope, I kind of hope that we're, that we're on our way to maybe a WrestleMania match with Lawler. But at the same time, the feud with Lawler is with Miz. And Miz should not be wrestling Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania. I, I, think, he need, I think he deserves something bigger than Lawler, as much as I like Lawler and think he deserves a Mania match. So I don't know, maybe Michael Cole's apology, uh, or, or, or not apology, but saying, you know, that went too far, Miz went too far. Maybe that's setting up something where then Cole kind of turns on Lawler again and we get Lawler versus Cole, although I don't think that was what Lawler had in mind for his dream WrestleMania match. Uh, Jason, uh, first Lawler, and then if you have anything to add to the heart, the, the juxtaposition of TNA and WWE, go ahead. I, I don't have a lot to add to TNA WWE. With Lawler, I think the easy answer, if you're looking for a Mania match, you don't want to go with Miz, is Alex Riley. You know, it, Riley yeah. does something to cost Lawler in a future match, and, and that sets up something for Mania and, and gives Lawler a you know quick five-minute match that uh, makes everybody happy. All right, very good. Um, Caller X, did we uh, address your question adequately, or do you have any follow-up? Well, well, yeah, I, I would just comment that if you look, I, I shouldn't say traditional hardcore, I should say grassroots wrestling, because continually, as to this date, uh, 95% of the business is on the independent level. Okay, these two top companies you see represent a small sliver at the top, and 95% of it on the grassroots is hardcore. So uh, I, I, I don't know where, I would like to see the grassroots rise, and uh, programs like you are making it happen, so continue the great work. Thank you, guys. Great. I appreciate the call. Caller X. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Let's go to our next call. Uh, let's go to 757. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. Yes, this is Abdul from Norfolk, Virginia. Yep, go ahead with your uh, question or comment. Thanks for calling. Yes, I just want to see, uh, get your opinion on what you think about uh, what happened last night with Tyson Kidd and Jackson Andrews. Yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? We talked about it at the start of the show, um, but I was disappointed. I mean, I, I think 
why bother giving Tyson Kidd any TV time at all? And now, you know, he was up to be defined as either competitive with Mark Henry or not, and they defined him as basically a jobber. And Jackson Andrews, the first time we really saw him get physical, he got manhandled by a mid-card gatekeeper like Mark Henry. Yeah, and as I said earlier, you know, maybe they do something with Tyson Kidd and Daniel Bryan, perhaps. I mean, they they seem to tease that, but uh, hard to be excited about that when when Henry made both of them look so weak. It's something, I think something happened where they lost a lot of faith in that act in a hurry. I had any follow-up on, on that subject or anything else, Dad? Uh, no, thank you for uh, taking my call. Yeah, but if you want to listen to the uh, archive of the show, if you did join it in progress, we did elaborate a little bit more on that topic at the start of the show, and I know some of you who called aren't able to join us at the very beginning, and, and that's fine, no, no harm done, but um, it's probably worth checking out the replay then. Speaking of that, uh, if you haven't yet, check out uh, the Christmas Eve edition of the PW Torch Livecast. Don't let it get lost in the shuffle. We put up a uh, retro WrestleMania roundtable that I think you'll enjoy quite a bit. Um, on Christmas Eve, I broke away from the family and helping prepare dinner to, uh, to do about 10 minutes live, and then we threw to that WrestleMania retro roundtable. Uh, we have uh, WrestleManias 1 through 10, all available for PW Torch VIP members. One hour or so on each WrestleMania in roundtable format. Bruce Mitchell, Pat McNeil, and I recorded those over the past couple of years. Eventually, we will work our way through uh, WrestleManias 11 and beyond, catching up to when we first started doing WrestleMania roundtables uh, in the uh, 2000s. So that's a uh, sample of what we do. Check that out in the archives. If you're interested in a PW Torch VIP membership, get tons of benefits, tons of audio, ad-free access to the site, VIP forum access, uh, VIP blog access, and uh, tons and tons of archives, hundreds of back issues, lots of good stuff. Check out details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. We have monthly rates starting at $5 a month. You can get the full VIP membership for $10 a month or less if you subscribe long-term. Speaking of which, Jason, at your site, ProWrestling.net, you also have a membership option. Uh, go ahead and uh, give a plug for what you offer. Absolutely. I talked for over 50 minutes this morning about uh, the WWE Raw show, so if you haven't got your fill of Raw talk, there's plenty there on the members' side. And uh, as well as an interview I conducted last Wednesday with uh, former TNA creative team member Dutch Mantel, who returned. Uh, he did a three-hour stint with me previously about uh, well, over a year ago, and he was back this time for 94 minutes. It's a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh, you know, We talked about his, uh, his, his latest book, his past book, and, uh, but I think uh, the, the most interesting Interesting stuff regarding TNA, uh, whether Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan have helped matters any, uh, Vince Russo, and also some old fun stories about, uh, I, I just kind of played name association with him a bit, with guys like Jerry Lawler, Randy Savage, and others, and that's available exclusively to .NET members. You can sign up uh, very easily by heading over to ProWrestling.net. Sign-up area is right in the middle of the page, and if you take the annual option, it uh, can cost as little as $5.50 a month. Very good. Uh, our phone over here at the PW Torch Livecast is 646-721-9828. We are here Monday through Friday. On Mondays, we're here live at blogtalkradio.com slash pro-wrestling-torch. We're live Mondays in the hour preceding Raw, which means usually we start at 8 o'clock Eastern. And then Tuesday through Friday, we're here from 530 to 630 Eastern. That's 2.30 start uh, Pacific time. And uh, we also do a VIP after show. That's part of what comes with the VIP membership. After uh, uh, the Tuesday through Friday editions of the live cast, we do a uh, 10, 15, 20 minutes, sometimes even longer, uh, post-show discussion that is available on delay to VIP members later in the day. So you get uh, exclusive content and follow-up on everything that we talk about here during the one-hour live portion of the live cast. We have uh, three people on hold. I suspect we'll get to a fourth or fifth. 
So uh, if you do want to jump on board on the phone lines, you can do that right now. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Did you know that through Patreon, you can get this show with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 a month and enjoy our podcasts on whatever podcast app you're using or directly through the Patreon app. Check out full details at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Wipe away the ads to the Wade Keller podcast, post shows, and PW Torch daily casts. That's 14 pro wrestling podcasts per week with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 per month. Support us and enjoy a streamlined listening experience. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at PW Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices, or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Uh, let's go to area code 323. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. I'm Jesus from Los Angeles. Hi, I'm sorry. I missed your first name again. Jesus. Okay, Jesus, thanks for calling. Uh, what's on your mind today? I have two questions. Um, first, you know how everyone is comparing the Nexus to the NWO? Uh-huh. But has anybody, has anybody else noticed how they are truly almost like the alliance? How they had a leader that's more important than the rest of the members? They, they both had tag team titles that, that didn't really matter. And that, you know, that after a while it just got stale. That they didn't really matter anymore. Uh, and what's your second question? We'll, hit, we'll cover both of them. And, uh, the second one is, does anybody else think that CM Punk would do a better job and John Cena as a role model, knowing that he'll spread the being straight edge, straight edge, not drinking, not doing drugs, while John Cena is just telling people to not give up and just stand up to people? Yeah, no, uh, two good questions, Jesus. Thanks for calling. Um, I love household loyalty and respect. I think it's a great motto to live by. I think it's a great role model. I don't think making fun of people because they're fat as the defining trait is, is exactly being a role model. So I think John Cena is a mixed bag in that respect. But, you know, I, you know, straight edge, I mean, straight edge allows you to drink Diet Coke. I mean, the chemicals in that thing haven't been tested on humans for more than a few decades. And heaven knows what those artificial sweeteners are doing to us. So I'm sorry. You know, let's not, if we're going to, if CM Punk's going to get on his high horse about being, you know, straight edge because he won't do this, this, and this, well, a lot of people don't do caffeine and a lot of people don't eat uh, dairy and all this. I mean, where do you draw the line? I, so I, I, I think CM Punk is best as a heel if he's going to be a straight edge because he's being preachy and hypocritical. Um, and he's kind of dropped that anyway. He's kind of moved away from that. That said, I think he did kind of a good job tearing down John Cena off his high horse a little bit. 
for uh, some of what he did. I thought John Cena had a pretty good response to the Batista accusations, but you know, CM Punk muddied the waters a little bit to the point where I think he became what I think every good heel needs. He became somebody who was speaking his truth. He wasn't BSing. To him, he was justified in his mind for how he thinks of John Cena. John Cena gave a good enough response and gave the fans wiggle room to still think John Cena's the better guy, but I think there's uh, you know, a decent chance that uh, I think there's a decent chance that, that some fans will side with Punk against uh, Cena, and a decent chance that someday, and I'm talking two, three, four years down the line, Punk might be a lead babyface, and Cena might be having a heel run. Um, your thoughts on that, Jason, and also the uh, Nexus Alliance NWO comment. Well, I think with, with Nexus NWO, there's always going to be comparisons between any heel faction. I don't see a ton of similarities. Yeah, they they both had leaders, Hogan and Wade Barrett. Um, I think the big difference is that the NWO had you know more star power. They had Hall and Nash. They had Sean Waltman at the time and Big Show when he was starting out. Um, then the NWO kind of spiraled out of control with all the additions, and you know it became a roster splitting faction war, WCW against the NWO. I've been impressed with, the. by the way, WWE has limited this to WWE, you know, some WWE talent against Nexus. It's not uh-huh. the entire show. Um, the, the second part, refresh my memory, what was... Uh, what was, was the second part? Oh, Cena versus Punk in terms of who's the better, who would be the better babyface. Cena, and it's it's primarily due to delivery. I think CM Punk, yeah, there's a lot of admirable things about uh, Straight Edge lifestyle. Um, works for him, and that's great. But Punk is a very snarky guy. He's a natural heel where Cena has really found his groove as a babyface. And so for me, you know, it's not even about who has the better message. It's just about who has the better delivery. And, you know, Punk could do it, but I don't know that he's ever going to be as effective as John Cena. Maybe he'll grow into it, but but right now I think Cena is a, a much better uh, you know lead babyface for WWE. Um, yeah, and, and I think from a message standpoint, they they both have uh, you know they both have some ground to stand on. And, and but you know Cena's I don't know I, Cena pretending to be PG with some of the things that he says and does, and then you know straight edge being defined somewhat arbitrarily about eliminating some things, but then doing other things that are bad for you. It just I don't know. I, it, to me, that doesn't make CM Punk a natural babyface, but. Yeah, I think both of them can be good in both roles, honestly. Um, I, I, going to the Nexus NWO thing, which I didn't comment on, I think Nexus could be stronger if they did more with the other characters. I, I mentioned, uh, I think in a, a VIP Keller hotline, that I think it would have been helpful to have a reaction-type show for other Nexus members. You know, give them a chance to figure out who their characters are. Why are they aligned still with Wade Barrett? Or how, what do they think of the David Otunga split and, and the rivalry there? And uh, do they mind being followers and taking a back seat? Like, it'd be nice to get to know these other characters a little bit, but it, there's been a little bit of a revolving door, and I think viewers have been encouraged not to invest in them, you know, not to get uh, all that, all that uh, you know, concerned about, about them because they might be gone tomorrow and never heard from again. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe the Alliance is a slightly better comparison than, than the NWO in that regard because the NWO felt more ensemble. It felt like, you know, different people were – there were different leaders on different days depending on who had the microphone in their hand on that particular day. Yeah, All right, we all kind of sat back waiting for that, you know, the Nash-Hogan feud that never really came. You know, we, we always assumed there was going to be someday this big split and Hogan would be, a, you know, a, going against Hall and Nash. And, I mean, it kind of happened with the finger poke of doom, but, that, you know, we didn't really get that big end feud that we, I think yeah. we uh, expected to get. And I think we've seen more of that from, from Nexus already with, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan's departure and the weird way that went down. Let's go to area code 910. You're the next caller on the show. Please state your name and where you're from. 
Here's Hannibal. Hey, how y'all doing? Uh, good. Great to hear from you, Hannibal. What's in your mind today? Okay, uh, yes. Um, I was wondering, you know, people like, what, Jarrell Clark and um, Chuck Taylor, who's on the independence thing, you know, I wonder why they haven't really actually got no uh, major uh, deals anywhere yet. Uh, Jason, any comments? I, I heard Jarrell Clark. Who is the other? Oh, uh, Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor. I mean, Jarrell Clark, didn't he have a run with WCW and they just really didn't do it? I don't think he made much of a connection. And, and Chuck Taylor, I think, is uh, still you know, kind of climbing that indie ladder. Animal, anything else for us today? You're Okay, yes. Uh, what's up to, any update on Paul Heyman? Uh, Jason, what's going on with Paul Heyman? Well, he's got two books in the works. He's uh, writing Brock Lesnar's autobiography, and sounds like it'll be out this spring. I've heard uh, release dates that have been changed several times, but I think that is the plan at some time. I, b- I believe in April, but it, you know, I can't say for sure off the top of my head. And then he's also working on a book uh, that's more of an autobiography. It's going to have a lot uh, in there regarding uh, his, his family and his upbringing. And his mother has a really interesting story. She was, uh, you know, uh, part, part of the Holocaust. And, and was in a concentration camp and managed to survive that ordeal. And, and I think people are going to be fascinated by that aspect of the book, in addition to trying to you know, get inside the mind of Paul Heyman, or at least uh, as much as he lets us. I think it's going to be a couple of very interesting books. I, I would love to see uh, uh, an unfiltered, honest, and not just, it, the, 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 you know, not just his version of honest, but like a real, I, need to, I want this to be totally accurate, no embellishing, because I think his story, his real-life story doesn't need embellishing doesn't need anything made up, doesn't mean he has to include every single detail of everything he's done that he's either ashamed of or doesn't want out. I'm not saying that, but that which he chooses to, uh, to talk about, I'd love to see it unfiltered and hear some really honest uh, opinions and hopefully a little more introspection than we get from a lot of people who have been through what he's been through. You know, that, that's what I look for in a book. I don't need someone to just, you know, funny stories are great and, and that type of thing, but I'd love to see introspection from Heyman and have him Talk about really honestly to remove his ego enough from from the decisions he made to not just go in trying to defend every bad mistake he made or every lost opportunity, but really be introspective and 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 talk about uh, what he's learned looking back from and and how we see things more clearly now than he would have if we asked him about it or he wrote a book about it back at the time things were happening. But two two very two two great books, uh, a Paul Heyman book and a, and a Brock Lesnar book penned by Paul Heyman. Uh, will be very fascinating. Two very fascinating people. On the, they, should be, they should be perpetually in People Magazine's 50 Most Fascinating People list, even though they don't normally include wrestling promoters or uh, managers or, or MMA fighters. All right. Although Brock Lesnar probably should be, even with the qualifications that People Magazine uses, I think they do the most. Are they the ones who do the 50 Most Fascinating, or do they do the 50 Most Beautiful? Well, either way, Brock Lesnar should be on the list. Yeah, I think Barbara does. Barbara Walters, I think, does the 10 Most Fascinating or yeah. something like that. And I think people, it's, uh, beautiful. yeah, I think they, they, they do, maybe it is Most Beautiful or something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think, uh, I think it'd be good to see a list of, uh, I think Lesnar would be on a, my 50 Most Fascinating People list. I'm curious to, to know what makes him tick. The... Uh, well, we'll talk in the VIP after show about Lesnar because we've got a couple more people on hold, and that was an interesting little story the last 36 hours. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. 
Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Let's go to area code 718. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. I'm from Brooklyn. How are you doing today? My name is Dell. Hey, Dell. Uh, thanks for calling. Good to hear from you. What's in your mind? Yes, I want to take the topic in, from, in terms of I'm an old school wrestling, wrestling fan. I got two topics. I got two, two points to make, and I want to hear your comment. One is World WCW, World Championship Wrestling, and whatever happened to, I know that he, they died, the Von Erickson, but what happened to the organization? Uh, what's your question about uh, WCW, though? I think it was what happened to World no, Class w- No, World Championship Wrestling. No, World Class Wrestling, excuse me. World Class Wrestling. Oh, okay. Vaughn Everett. Don't forget the other WCW. I was, we always remember the WCW with the um, Rick Flair, but WCW with the Vaughn Everett. And, and that's one question, and you have a second question, too? Yeah, I have, a, I have another comment. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and throw that in now. Because, um... What happened to Tommy Dreamer? Because I, I saw him over the summer. Um, I went to I went to his wrestling matches up in. They, they they do a lot of wrestling matches where I'm at. And after I seen him in the summer, I haven't seen him since. After. Okay, great. Uh, uh, thanks for uh, your question, Del. Uh, Jason, I'll, I'll throw those to you. Um, Tommy Dreamer, obviously, he was on TNA recently, but it seems like. He, uh, Dixie Carter's kind of soured on the whole EV2 concept and kind of thought it ran its course and didn't get the results they wanted. I'm. I'm, have we heard anything about what the buy rate was for, for that pay-per-view relative to others? Is there any buzz coming out of that company? No, no, there's not, which, which yeah. you know probably says a lot. Uh, yeah. but, you know, at the same time, I've heard from people that Bound for Glory, you know, kind of rumblings in the locker room, that Bound for Glory did really well. And we haven't heard a lot about that either. It's not like they're, yeah. you know, boasting about the, the percentage being up or anything like that. Um, you know, it was world-class championship wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, long story short, they just, uh, like a lot of uh, smaller, you know, territory-type promotions just didn't survive when, when the WWF expanded and uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett took them over. 90 seconds. Uh, and we got the 90 seconds second warning, so I'll just kind of cut it off there, but um, I, I do think it's rather telling. It, it, it's what you hear from guys in TNA, too, when he asks, where's Tommy Dreamer these days? Because guys, you know, will, will tell stories about being in the airport or being out at a gym, and, and guys will come up to him that, that, and ask him, hey, where you been? Well, it's like that been TNA on Spike TV, and that, uh, that speaks volumes about TNA's uh, visibility issues. And regarding world-class championship wrestling, Dell, uh, Bruce Mitchell and I have done uh, a couple hour-long, two-hour-long discussions on the whole history of WCW of world-class championship wrestling. So I, I encourage you, if you're not a VIP member, to uh, become one. And if you can't find the link in our directory because we have so much content, just send me an email and I'll send you a direct link to those shows, or we'll post them in the VIP forum for you. All right, we have time for one more call. Let's go to air code 407. Thanks for holding. Please state your name, where you're from, and a quick question or comment. Hi, this is Jared from Orlando. Hey, Jared. Uh, go ahead. Hi. My question to you is, um, what do you feel TNA, they're doing with the direction of Orlando Jordan? Uh, fair enough. Um, uh, Jason, uh, give us 10 seconds on Orlando, and then we'll, we'll carry it over to the VIP, the VIP after show. I don't think 10 seconds is enough to cover anything regarding <laughs> Orlando Jordan. Fair so, enough. Uh, on that note, I'm, uh, we're 25 seconds. seconds. Everybody for joining us. Uh, until tomorrow, on behalf of Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net, this is Wade Keller of WadeKeller.com signing off.
All right, Jason, lots of calls in the live portion. We'll do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven calls. Uh, that's one of our high, high watermarks for efficiency. And considering we didn't get started until about 20 minutes into the show taking calls, that's amazing. Yeah, we had to I, rush I, through I, the last, uh, last couple questions. Um, I, I don't mean to blow off the world-class championship wrestling question, but as VIP members know, you can't answer that question in a minute. That is one of the most fascinating pro wrestling stories in history, especially if you saw their, their shows in real time. But I think they're one of the promotions to, to go back and look at, at, that, at the crowd at the Sportatorium and Reunion Arena and the emergence of the Von Erich family and then the tragedy that followed, the fabulous Freebirds, uh, the gentleman Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez, heel tag team, one of my favorite tag team heel tandems of all time. Um, I, I remember when Chris Adams turned heel, and it was just it blew my mind. I remember Gino Hernandez. He's the guy that Dolph Ziggler should use as a role model for being a heel. A lot of people should look at Gino Hernandez as a role model for how, how to be a high-energy, high-roller high heel. Little, I mean, Alberto Del Rio has a little bit of him in him, too. Um, Gino's a role model in that regard. Uh, World Class was special for me. We've talked about it, Jason, both of us being from the same region. When uh, World Class Championship Wrestling was available on TV, that, that was such an ex- exciting alternative, uh, a window into a whole different world than the AWA, which is what we were used to. So there's so much to say about World Class. I just encourage uh, VIP members listening to us to check out the, uh, the, the Bruce Mitchell audio shows on World Class Championship Wrestling. And I am going to, uh, we have so much content, I'm going to be trying to organize the uh, directories better uh, for 2011 so that some of, this, uh, some of the archives from over the years are, are more easily found. But as always, you can, you can always email me if you can't find them, and I'll send you a link. As for Orlando Jordan, Jason, boy, are you right. Uh, I, you know, it, 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 to me, it's, it, the, the Orlando Jordan thing is kind of, uh, a case of throwing a lot against the wall and hoping to just create buzz. Uh, controversy creates cash, you know, that stupid phrase. Um, and, and I say it's stupid just because sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, you know. I mean, there's good and bad controversy. It's just such a, such a glib statement, I guess. Um, but I, I think Orlando Jordan has evolved a little bit as a character uh, to be kind of this comedy act that I don't think is offensive, but I don't, but I don't know that people look at him as being relevant enough to put much thought into. I, I think that's the problem. He just, it's kind of this mid-card, goofy, hey, look at me act. Yeah, I think TNA wants to, you know, in, in, in creatives' minds, I think they want to go see. We're, we're pushing an openly bisexual wrestler as a baby face. And, you know, good for us. Yeah. But then it's all just lame-ass jokes about his sexuality and Eric, and, and Eric Young not being, uh, you know, privy to that knowledge, whatever. It, it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I think they want this. I, I think maybe they finally realized, because they were trying to push it as like this gold dust 2010 thing and, and trying to be controversial with it at first. And, and I hope it, it dawned on them that, you know, bisexuality just isn't that shocking anymore because it is 2010 and we've all kind of moved on. I mean, it's, it's just, it doesn't pack that punch like it, you know, like gold dust did. We had and even, even someone like Scott Hall behind the scenes being all up in arms about that character. And the th- yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a whole different time. Um, and we can get into the whole psychology of that, but uh, Orlando Jordan, it's not, and I don't think it's the fact that he's bisexual. That's supposed to be shocking. Although I think you're right. They kind of, the idea that he had that, that male dancer who, uh, you know, that, that, uh, the, the, his twink friend of his who, who was you know, being shirtless and acting provocative and stuff like that, who ended up acting apparently a little too provocative at a party and 
got himself, uh, made himself, made other people around him uncomfortable, kind of a Scott Hall type situation. They went from that to, to almost, you know, the pairing of Eric Young and Jordan, I think has been kind of fun. I mean, I, I kind of like that Eric Young is oblivious to Orlando Jordan and who he is and what he's all about. But sometimes I think, you know, the writers are fancying themselves a little too much, uh, you know, comedy sitcom writers or Saturday Night Live skit writers. And they take their eye off the ball, which is, what's the point of this? Yeah, you know, and how, how many times can you tell a switch hitter joke? It, they they just keep telling it, and it it doesn't get any funnier as the the hundredth time they tell it. Or or puns, you know, how many puns can you say where where Orlando Jordan says one thing and then Eric Young interprets it differently yeah. and, and says something where he's oblivious? I mean, I think they've there's been some moments where it's been clever and funny, and then there's been other times where it's like, okay, this has to do with what exactly? Um, I, I it's a if you're going, I'll put it this way: if you're going to do an Orlando Jordan character. You have to you have to have a purpose to it. You can't just meander with it and kind of oh you know well it's just it's got to be shocking and entertaining. Ha <laughs> ha! Let's put the freak out there and just do freaky things. That that just leaves people confused and wondering: Are you trying to offend me, or are you out of touch, or is this contemporary? They've left people wondering. But at least Orlando Jordan's authentic. I mean, they didn't take some guy who doesn't understand the quote lifestyle, and Orlando Jordan leads a lifestyle that is neither gay nor bisexual nor anything. It's just an Orlando Jordan lifestyle. <laughs> He's just weird. He's one of the you know, quirkiest people that you'll find, gay, straight, or bi, or otherwise. So um, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what the point of it is at this point. It seems to have changed over time, but I think we've reached our quota. You know, and, and wait, I got to say, my favorite, my my favorite Orlando Jordan TNA moment had nothing to do with his bisexuality. It was when they had that. I, I don't know if it was a press release or just this complete bluff piece that somebody did on Orlando Jordan. And they gave him credit for battling and defeating autism. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, how do you, you you either have autism or you don't? Yeah, I don't I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, I mean, yes. I, I think it came out later that he was misdiagnosed with autism. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was just I, we had a lot of fun with that in, in the .NET members forum about he he beat autism. Look out yeah. for autism. Yeah. Harley, remember the days when women's wrestling matches were relegated to the mid-card dumping ground and treated like a glorified intermission? You mean the era when it was only men in the top spots in the main events, getting the biggest matches every night? Yeah. Hmm. Vaguely. Seriously, while we might have a long way to go, we really have come a long way, baby. And that's why we started Grit and Glitter a podcast covering the best in the world of women's wrestling. From the horsewomen of WWE to the goddesses of stardom and everyone in between. Each Tuesday, Emily, myself, and our team of guest correspondents talk the best matches and the biggest news in women's wrestling. Plus, interviews, deep dives, and discussions about everything from media representation to gear to women in behind-the-scenes roles. Just search PW Torch in the podcast app of your choice to subscribe or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Well, let's shift to something slightly more serious, although um, uh, speaking of fascinating people, and I mean that when I think Brock Lesnar. Whatever lists come out by whatever magazine or organization, when they do the most fascinating people of the year, or if I'm Barbara Walters or whomever, uh, Brock Lesnar's on my list. I mean, you know, 
I mean, look at him. I mean, look at his history. Look at his personality, um, his, his demeanor, the journey he's been on in MMA so far. Absolutely fascinating. Well, Dave Meltzer started a storm of, uh, uh, of major discussions and, and controversy and uh, elation, and I told you so's, and, and no, say it isn't true, uh, in the MMA community, because he made a mention on, on his radio show or his podcast talking about uh, Brock maybe wanting to have an exit strategy for UFC, and, and that that's one, you know, there's kind of two sides to Brock Lesnar. There's two versions. We don't know which one's going to take hold, but one of them wants an exit strategy and make some money with WWE and take his money and run and not get hit anymore. And then there's the fiercely competitive uh, fighter. And it sounded like Meltzer, and we, like I said, Jamie Pennick put up a good story with exact quotes on this on MMATorch.com, which, by the way, the MMA sites did a very poor job conveying the, the spirit of the discussion, I think. Um, it sounds like it was more Meltzer just trying to figure out you know, which of these two is going to happen, not I'm saying for sure this or that is, you know, that is, he's going to go this way or that way. It's sort of like these are two directions he can go, and there's some mixed signals or lack of information on that. Uh, what's, what's your take on, uh, on Lesnar not, not communicating with Dana White, supposedly, but now Frank Mir being pulled from the Brendan Schaub match and now looks with, not due to an injury. To me, it looks like they're on the verge of announcing Lesnar and Mir are going to be coaches for the Ultimate Fighter Series, kind of being the opposite then of what the speculation was last night with all the Brock haters who hate the fact that he was once a performer in WWE and used that against him constantly. Yeah, you know. I, so, I, so handle that question, Jason. That's a very concise, <laughs> simple question. Dan Varela would be proud. I, I think with Brock, I mean, I, in, in talking to people, yeah, they, the Brock, and I, I've been saying this for a while, you don't rule out Brock for WrestleMania entirely. Uh, we've heard Dana's story, and I think everyone automatically clings to it because it's Dana White, and, you know, it, everyone assumes, hey, there, you know, there's contractual deals in place to prevent something like this from happening. But it's Dana's side of the story. You know, he's not, if he doesn't want Brock to, to, to wrestle for WWE, um, you know, I don't know that he's going to come out and be open and honest and look at it from the perspective that, well, maybe Brock does have an out. I know for a fact that people in the Lesnar camp believe it could happen. It's not, you know, they're not saying there's definitively this um, out in his deal that's going to allow him to do this, but they're saying, you know, possibly, hey, don't rule it out, that kind of thing. And they're being tight-lipped about it, understandably so. Uh, I, If he agrees to do the Ultimate Fighter reality show, I will be very surprised, and I will also think that, hmm, was this part of some agreement? Because I, I, I can't imagine... I don't know what type of money you'd have to throw at Brock Lesnar to convince him to move to Las Vegas for six weeks and do yeah. this show. And, you know, there's going to be some downtime where he can fly home, whatever. But it's a, you know, six, seven-week shoot, whatever it is. Uh, Brock, uh, you know, he's a homebody. He, he likes to live in, in Alexandria, Minnesota, be away from everybody. Um, you know, he, he rents a mansion when he, when he goes to, uh, whether it's Vegas or Anaheim, there's a, you know, he rents a, a big house and he stays there. You know, he doesn't like the spotlight other than when he has to to, to promote fights. And so I, I just don't know what financially UFC could offer Brock to make it worth his while to do this show. Um, there's a lot riding on that show for for, for Spike or for UFC because their deal with Spike is coming up here within I think a year, and so maybe they're you know hey we need to drive these ratings up let's give him what he, whatever he wants. The other way though I wonder hey you do this show you go ahead and do WrestleMania. 
Could there be? Could that be kind of a little bit of leverage that Dana has? Yeah. That we really want you to do this show, and you really want to do WrestleMania. So you know what? Why, why don't we meet in the middle, and then both those things can happen. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. You know, okay, Brock, uh, Vince McMahon's dangling, you know, two, three million dollars in front of you. I understand that's something you would fight for, considering what, you know, how little you're going to have to do to earn that money. And, but, you, you know, we can't offer you enough to do Ultimate Fighter to make it worth your while, but we can say, yeah, like you said, Jason, yeah, well, we'll, we'll give you the, we'll, 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 trade, we'll trade spots here. I also wonder if, if they might, in order for the sake of, of the show, if they would actually move it from Vegas to Alexandria, Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> just bring the camera crew, and, exp- and, and UFC can facilitate the expansion of a gym, and, and just uh, film the thing in the middle, and quote, in the middle of nowhere, in flyover country. Uh, I, I doubt that would happen, but I, you know, if, if Dana really, really, really wants an Ultimate Fighter series with Lesnar, which I would watch live every week, I'd be fascinated to see that. Oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, who knows what extremes they'll go to. It was an interesting story. I mean, the, 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 the people out there who just hate Brock Lesnar because he came from WWE or because he did so well so soon, um, and then the things, you know, the, the, the scrutiny over the way Lesnar has won and the quality of the opponents he beat is unprecedented compared to the scrutiny that other people faced in, after their first few matches in USC. I mean, look at who Randy Couture beat. Who did he beat compared to Brock Lesnar? You know, it's not like this incredibly, it's not like, you know, Brock beat the, the uh, just these, Scrubs and Randy Couture came in and beat up the top stars internationally. I mean, the heavyweight division in UFC was weak for years. So this, this you know, glee at the thought, at the misinterpretation and blown out of proportion statements that Brock was, you know, looking for an out for sure and he didn't want to get hit anymore and he was demoralized by the loss to Kane. I don't know. I just look at that as, you know, enjoy, enjoy the 24 hours thinking it was true, but I, I just don't think Brock wants a final memory of him to be getting his ass handed to him by Kane Velasquez. I, I think he's too driven to try to get a rematch. Now, if he's completely convinced the next fight will end the same way and he doesn't like getting hit, um, okay, and, and he's rich and happy and doesn't care what people think or say about him because he just wants to be home with his wife and his kids or, or whatever, and he's financially secure, well, I guess fair enough, um, then, then maybe that's the case. Uh, but I just don't think he wants the last memory of him to be losing to Kane. But I don't know that he's going to be real motivated to, to train really hard and get better to fight Frank Mir again, although, you know, going up two to one, I guess, is worth something. It's, it's weird. Brock just doesn't make himself accessible enough for us to really get inside his head. No, and that would be the fascinating part about Ultimate Fighter. Let me ask you, would you think that could also, you know, it, it would do monster ratings, I'm convinced, if Brock was on that show for, you know, the duration. But do you think that could be the jump, jump the shark moment where the show peaks with that season? And then what do you do to follow Brock Lesnar on Ultimate Fighter? I mean, granted, someone new and exciting could come along to uh, to follow up nicely, but I, I just can't think of what you would do to follow that up. Where you know, people that tune in to see that show, maybe some stick around because they like the concept, but I just wonder if that would be kind of really the the, the peak and, and almost the downfall of that show, where you almost gave them too much and and you you can't follow up on it. Uh, just one name, Chael Sonnen. Yeah, yeah, but but you know what, Wade? He doesn't mean much to the masses yet. I mean, yeah, he's, he's cut some entertaining promos on ESPN and everything else, but he's not in Brock's league in, in terms of notoriety. No, no, but I, I don't think that the Ultimate Fighter would have to be better or equal to Lesnar Mir. I don't think, I don't think if, if, you know, I've got a really good editorial to write, but I don't think I can ever top it, that that's a reason not to run the editorial. I, I think if they boost the ratings up, it would be natural, and I think you're right. I don't think Chael Sonnen would draw the ratings Lesnar and Mir would. But from a standpoint of how do we make the show survive and not just have it be this huge drop-off, 
you know, somebody like Chael Sonnen is, is one of the most gifted heel promo guys I've seen in my entire life, pro wrestling or MMA otherwise. Yeah. So, so that could work. Or you go the complete opposite, and you have a couple nice guys, Jose Aldo and Uriah Faber or something, uh, do it, where it's just it's a younger, kind of different, hipper-type hipper coaching situation, and you just go the total opposite direction in terms of size and personality. I think you could still make it work. I, I wouldn't shy away from it, and I don't know that it would be the end of the Ultimate Fighter. It might be the peak. But it's kind of like when I say people are like, what can we do to get back to the re- what wrestling was like in the late 90s? And I'm like, it doesn't have to. You know, I mean, that was an anomaly. That was all the stars aligning. Wrestling generally isn't that popular in the mainstream, and it doesn't have to be to still be worth watching and damn entertaining. Oh, and don't, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do it for that reason. By all means, do it. If you can get Brock to do that show, yeah. you, you do it, and you, you worry about everything else after the fact, because I think that would uh, that would be huge for UFC. I mean, that would drive up the ratings for that show and give them a lot more leverage with Spike TV. Although, you know, maybe not Spike, because I think they, they're going to understand the MMA game better than a lot of other networks would, but I think that's a number you can flash to people that maybe don't pay as much attention to MMA and may not realize that, yeah, this thing peaked with Lesnar and and it's probably downhill from here. Are you a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Then join the New Japan Pride podcast starring Bethany Rubel and Javier Machado with an eye for the action and an eye for the story. We'll keep you abreast of all New Japan shows both in Japan and also covering their American expansion with New Japan Strong. And I'll watch all the Yano matches so Bethany doesn't have to. And I'll watch all of the Ibushi matches. Wait a minute. I didn't script that. Listen to our weekly podcast exclusively with the PW Torch VIP membership. Become a member at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Now through Patreon, you can get the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed and VIP after shows by supporting us on Patreon with a Tier 1 membership for just $4.99 per month. You can also upgrade to get additional bonus content, including all the VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletters through Patreon. Check out details at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Um... Shifting gears, uh, Jeff Hardy, um, we don't know his status. Um, knowing TNA, it's, unless he goes to jail, he probably will remain a heel, and they'll just stick, stick with a plan and absorb whatever type of criticism that, that might exist. But looking at 2011 and what we've seen from the talent that, you know, from the talent that they've been pushing and the talent on the undercard, headed into 2011, where should TNA, in, within the structure that they're promoting right now, assuming there's not any radical change, Who's proven themselves to you as deserving more TV time, more of a push, prominent places on TV and pay-per-view? And who do you think has gotten overpushed or is ready to kind of be moved down to the mid-card or even lower? I think the guys you push are the guys that they, by and large, they have been. Uh, Matt Morgan, Ken Anderson, 
Um, Samoa Joe needs more. Kurt Angle, when you get what you can out of Angle while he's still around, I think. Um, I'm, you know, I, I think they can do a little more with Van Dam. He's really cooled off, but I almost get the feeling that it's by design because they really haven't ever since uh, you know he took that he took the time off because they burned through his dates. They haven't really done much of anything with Rob Van Dam, and I know they're kind of getting him back into that world title picture now. But just from talking to people in the company, it doesn't sound like. This is, you know, what we assumed, or at least I assumed, was that was going to be the big match they built to, was Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy. Um, Because because of the way Rob lost the title, he didn't really lose it, he was stripped of the title, and, uh, you know, it, it... you hold off on that on the big showdown match. It doesn't sound like people in the company are. This is the match we've been waiting for. It's almost like well, we kind of you know have have to do it because of that storyline, whatever. Um, so Van Dam has cooled off. I still think you can do more with him. I'm not saying you push him to the moon like they did. I I, I don't blame them for pushing him, but I, I kind of feel like some of the uh, uh, you know was whatever he had his act. I think is kind of played out and I, I don't I've never been all that enamored with Rob Van Dam it's, it, to me he's kind of been the enigma I, I've never quite yeah. understood what it was that people were so passionate about I mean yeah. fun act and everything like that but if you've seen it once you've seen it a million times there's not a, you know, a whole lot of layers to the Rob Van Dam character or anything like that um, i trying to think of who else I mean AJ Styles to me all the, you know, a lot of talent in cast in the wrong role, I, I, he's okay as a heel. I don't know that you can go back. I, I really don't. I don't know that you can go back to really make him that centerpiece babyface because I don't know that he has the mic skills to make that work ever. Um, I, I think you can get something out of him more than you are as a member of Fortune, but I don't get the feeling that he's on the greatest of terms with uh, TNA's creative team. So I, I guess you know. I, I think there has been. I don't know if you call it a youth movement because most of these guys are in their 30s, but I, I guess it is when you consider you know Sting and Kevin Nash and some others that were around. Um, but I, I think they're doing the guys that they have right now that they're pushing aggressively are, are the right guys by and large. And then, uh, but you need some more heels. You know, right now it's Jeff Hardy, and then there's a huge drop down to Jeff Jarrett and Abyss and AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've got to do my uh, roster evaluation soon and kind of take a look at the, you know, depth and strength of the tiers to, to kind of answer my own question. But I, I, you know, I think Matt Morgan has shown me enough where he's somebody that I'd, I'd, I'd invest in because he, he's, re, he's reliable, he can cut promos, he can have some good matches, and, and I'm curious to see how good those matches can get against the right opponents. I'm cool. I think RVD is a good guy to single out as somebody that I'm cool on, uh, that I've cooled off on uh, for the reasons that you said. Um, Bruce Mitchell has been a, a strong proponent of, of Robert Roode and especially James Storm, as potential singles wrestlers who could who could stand out, um, you know I, I think James Storm is so pegged as a tag team wrestler, but he's got such a, an interesting personality. He's got you know riding the cooler and doing the beer and being comedy. That's not what I'm talking about. But I think if if, if he got serious and they yeah. they said we're leaning, we're looking to you to step up and, and not he's not like Miz in almost any way, but you know kind of be the Miz guy who breaks out of the Miz and Morrison tag team, makes an identity for himself and starts cutting some really good spirited promos. I could see, from, to make TNA look kind of fresh, like we're not just looking for somebody to bring in from the outside, that would be a guy that maybe I'd say, let, maybe, maybe you're more valuable as a uh, singles star, uh, both of you are more valuable as a single star than just feuding with the same two tag teams over and over. 
Yeah, I, I, Rude, I guess, scares me a little bit. I think he's a talented performer. I think he's very good in, in, as a tag team wrestler. I, I guess I just go back to that push they gave him. Part of it was creative, trying to make him into a sloppy-looking version of the Million Dollar Man or whatever it was supposed to be. It's just the yeah. gimmick never rang true. But he, I, I guess when I think of Robert Root, I just think good supporting player, not a main eventer. I think he still has a lot to prove. James Storm is the one that he's not he's, – I don't think he's as good technically in the ring as Root, but the, the personality is there, and you're right. I, I think they can get more out of him as a singles wrestler uh, when, whenever they think the time is right. And um, I think we're bound to see Matt Hardy show up eventually. Uh, you know, I know the the one of the matches at the next pay per view is uh, Rob Van Dam faces Jeff Hardy's hand picked opponent for him. Um, Matt Hardy may have let the cat out of the bag when he was interviewed by Brian Fritz because he said that uh, although his WWE release took place, I think on October fifteenth, uh, you know that's when it became public. It actually went into effect two weeks earlier, so hmm. technically he would be free to be there at Genesis. Now, they haven't really began the hype for that, and you'd think they'd be making a big fuss out over that. So we'll see. I mean, no guarantee yeah. there. But I think contractually, he's free to appear on that show if, if TNA wants to bring him in for that. And, and on a, a final totally unrelated note to wrestling, but back to where we started, if, does, does, do seasons like this for the Minnesota Vikings, Jason, <laughs> um, as fun as it's been in, in just quirky, oddball ways, make it – possible to imagine life without the Vikings in Minnesota if they were to ever leave? No, because the drama has been so great. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're a five-win team, but yeah. they've still managed to provide me with hours and hours of entertainment beyond just the game on Sundays and Mondays and now Tuesdays even. Um, I mean, it, it's been a year-long soap opera with this team, unlike anything I've ever seen before. I, I think there's destined to be a, a cool coming down period because, you know, unless you just happen to draft the next great quarterback or something like that, uh, they're going to go through their struggles, and you're not going to have the Brett Favre drama. Uh, so I think things chill out a little bit, but still, they, no, I God, I, if anything, I, I want to see it even more. Yeah. And and I, I what what is – do you think the – that they'll play next year in the Dome? Is that the buzz at this point? I mean, is there any other – is TCF even an option? Or I think TCF becomes an option if they can work out something with, you know, temporary seating because you've got I – mean, I, I don't know how many season ticket holders they have, and there's a chance after this season a lot of them, you know, drop off. But right. I don't know that the 40-some thousand the TCF holds is, is enough to accommodate. So they'd have to come up with some expansion. Yeah. And then they'd have to get the U to agree to uh, – to, to alcohol sales and yeah, yeah. You know, they don't they don't have that for the college team right now and there there was a little bit of an uproar over that but with the NFL team I mean that that's it, with with the Gophers they you know they've made that decision I think it's crazy when you see them whining on television about the cost of tuition and uh, and and their budget and everything else and then they pass on the easy money to look like they're you know they're, they're morally superior to everyone uh, but with the with the Vikings the NFL team. They're used to that revenue. They know where that you know. They know what that revenue means, and I, I don't think they want to pass that up. So I think that's a big stumbling block. I think you know, there's still a good chance that they get the dome roof repaired. I mean, we saw. I mean, think about what Hurricane Katrina did to the Superdome down in New Orleans, and um, they managed to get that building ready for the next very next. Are you season. comparing the Vikings needing to play in Detroit to what happened to Katrina victims? <laughs> God, no, of course not. I'm just I'm saying just... that you know the stadium damage that the Superdome suffered. I can't imagine it was you know uh, less than what the Metrodome roof has endured. And I think the question I would like to see 
this you know the state the city whoever's responsible for this decision and the vikings ask is okay if we're going to do this stadium or even if you're going to leave is it really worth spending all this money to repair you know spend millions of dollars to repair a roof for a stadium that is going to be torn down soon you know sooner rather than later anyway yeah yeah well good jason we got a game to get ready for and i got a lot a lot of us to do so we'll uh we'll wrap up on that note now i got to get back to work yeah, you this, still got a this, newsletter. This, to get out, is, this is my break from work, you know. And <laughs> I can talk to you for 80 minutes on Tuesdays, but then I got to dig back in and deal with all the things that I fell behind on on the holidays. So, well, I get to settle in and, and see if Adrian Peterson can uh, win my fantasy bowl championship for me. I'm only down by five touchdowns. <laughs> Jason, I am thoroughly disappointed with all your experience and passion that you don't just blow away everybody all the time. And the fact that you don't makes me think that fantasy football is arbitrary and based on nothing but luck. Wow. What are you trying to say, Wade? That somehow I, my losing all the time when I was in your league had nothing to do with my intelligence or my lack of research. Hey, your name is on that trophy. You did win the championship, so uh, and, uh, you, you might as well take that back right now. You don't want to say that the year you won is nothing but luck, do you? Um, well, cons- no, no, it, it actually really wasn't. Now that I kind of you remind me of that, I think that when I applied myself, I won. And when I didn't apply myself, I lost, which makes me ask you again, why are you not applying yourself this year? <laughs> I did apply myself. I won the division. I won the, uh, the, the, the duck trophy. But you're five I'm, touchdowns behind. I made it to the Super Bowl. And you know, right. you know what I can't help is when uh, our buddy Rob Dane has the Arizona Cardinals defense for God knows what reason, and he starts them. I played Rob this game and one other game this year. <laughs> the Cardinals defense has scored a grand total of four touchdowns against me. Oh, man. You had four touchdowns from the Cardinals defense. That's, that's insane. Yeah, he's so got, that's he's got some inside. He's got the referees in Arizona in his back pocket. Well, you know, the, the, the game that uh, the last time they did it was here in Minnesota when a defense and special teams got two, so maybe he's uh, got a little something going with those referees. You might be right. Yeah. If anyone could, it'd be Rob. That's true. All right, Jason. Uh, have fun. Uh, thanks again, as always, on behalf of... Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net. This is Wade Keller with PWTorch.com, signing off for today. Happy New Year. If you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004 also access to our full archives thousands of podcasts over 1500 back issues of the pro wrestling torch weekly newsletter that started it all add free access to our website and more check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com that's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign up form it's mobile friendly desktop friendly in two minutes 
You can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we also have the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts. That is a blue logo show. This show, you'll notice, has a red logo. There's a very similar logo, but it's blue. And that's for our Thursday flagship, plus our mailbag and interview shows. We have first-run interviews and, most weekends, a classic interview from our archives. Just search Wade Keller in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts and choose the blue logo and subscribe. We're now on Patreon. That's right, you can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts and Post Shows and the PW Torch Daily Casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP After Shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller Shows and Daily Casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for 2 extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller Hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller Hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators, on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. Whether you're looking to occupy yourself on road trips or traveling for the holidays or to occupy yourself because you're not seeing family as much this holiday season, why not settle in and listen to a good book? 
Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers and new releases, like the Young Bucks autobiography, to celebrity memoirs, languages, business, motivation, and more, like original entertainment, and now podcasts. And recently, Audible has launched a new plan, Audible Plus. With Audible Plus, you get full access to their Plus catalog, which is filled with thousands and thousands of select originals, audiobooks, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of popular shows, as well as exclusive series. Audible Plus connects you with tons of content that entertains, inspires, and informs. It's easy to find just the right listen, whether it's comedy, romance, suspense, true crime, science fiction, fitness and wellness, or, yes, many pro wrestling selections. You can even squeeze in a workout or guided meditation without having to go to a gym or class. And with everything you want to listen to all in one app, Audible Plus can truly become your playlist for life. It's only $4.95 per month for your first six months. Choose your plan and start a free trial. So go to audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. And you can try Audible Plus for free or Audible Premium Plus for free. And you can make your free selection, The Young Bucks Killing the Business Book that just came out last week. Again, that's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500.